0: Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. You have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me tonight to the book of Romans, chapter 8. The book of Romans, chapter 8. Uh, it's already been quoted today. And, uh, or this evening, and so uh, so for me, it was just kind of confirmation, a little bit, and uh, and uh, we're gonna dig into some things tonight. Um, I believe uh, if you were with us, uh, if you were with us Sunday night down at uh, Pastor Sandy's church, and I want to tell you thank you for all of you that showed up and were a part of that. I think we had just a not only just a great turnout from uh, from the church here, but I tell you, we we had a good crowd that night, uh, that Sunday night, and uh, I believe that the spirit of the Lord moved mightily and began to touch hearts and lives. But I said something there uh, Sunday night that I will say tonight that I truly believe that we are living we are living in a very critical time of the church. I believe that we're living in a very critical time of the American Church. I believe that what the American Church does in the next little while is is going to be is going to be crucial. How we respond to some things, how we how we share the gospel, how we because uh, here's the thing, whether Um, I'm a person, I I, I, I live by faith. Don't get me wrong on what I'm getting ready to say. Nobody throws stones and tomatoes and stuff at me. I live by faith, but I don't live with my head in the sand. What I mean by that is I see, I'm very aware of what is going on in our nation right now. And there is a darkness that is trying to encroach not only in our nation, but I believe is also trying to encroach into the American church. And honestly, there's some dark places in the American church. I don't have time to get into all of that. And so, but how we respond, how the church of the living God, those who claim to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit of God. I believe, I listen, I, 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 I love... I love some of our other brothers and sisters in the faith. I believe that they're gonna be in heaven uh, with us when you know when we get there. I love our I love our Baptist brothers and sisters, I love our I love our Presbyterian brothers and sisters and everything like that. But I believe now more than ever we need the Spirit of God in our lives. I'm not just. I listen. I'm not. This is not a doctrinal statement that I that I'm trying to make into split hairs. I understand that when we're saved, we receive the Spirit of God at salvation. But I'm telling you, we need the Church of the Living God needs an endowment of power from on high if we're going to survive these last days. Amen. Uh, And I and I believe that however, whatever that we do uh, in this next little while is going to determine the course of, of, if I can just say it like this, is going to determine the course of the American church uh, in, these, uh, in, in these last days. Uh, what we have seen uh, in how, how God has begun to move uh, in certain places that we thought that He wouldn't be moving. And I said Sunday night that, hey, if He can't move in the church house, then he'll go move on a college campus somewhere that is wanting and that they're wanting to see a move of God. Amen? I believe that I'm in a church tonight that wants to see a move of God. I believe that I'm in a church tonight. I believe that I'm part of a body of believers that genuinely want to see a, a sovereign move of the Spirit of God that does not leave us the same. Amen. I believe. I, I, I believe that.
1: And how many
0: knows that in those moments where we begin to draw closer to God, that God is that the enemy would like to do whatever that he can to stifle and to shut out what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. And so, with that being said, I want to draw your attention to Romans chapter eight verses 28 through 31 because I want to share with you just a few things um, I've already shared a lot of this uh, a lot of this with, uh, with, with pastor yesterday and, and what have you but I want to share just a little bit with this with you tonight Paul the Apostle was writing to the Roman Christians Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 he says and we know say that with me we know Oh, come on. Y'all can be louder than that. Say, we know. we know. We know. How many knows that? How many believes that it's important that we know some things? Amen. Yeah, yeah. And we know that something. All. all things. Think about that. All things. You know what all means? All. And you can look at it in the Greek, Hebrew, Latin. Chinese, Spanish, whatever you want to look at it. And all simply means all. It means everything. And we know that all things work together for good. Not to everybody. That's a common misconception. Because how many knows that all things are not going to work together for good for all people? But for the child of God, there is a promise that is given. We understand that all things work together for good to those that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow. Now listen to this. This is powerful. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He may be the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, who He did predestinate, them He also called. And to them whom He called, He also justified. And whom He justified, He also glorified. I want you to look at the progression there. You've been predestined, you've been called, you've been justified, and you've been glorified. So with that being said, I want to draw your attention to verse 31. With all of that being said, what shall we say to these things? What things? What shall we say to everything that we see going on around us? What shall we say to these things if God before us Mm. Uh, I feel like shouting right now. If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, I feel I, I feel like I feel like having a revival on Wednesday night here. He says, knowing that you've been called, knowing that you've been predestined. Knowing that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God, what shall we say to anything that comes against you? If God before you, who can be against you? The old timers used to say it like this, if God before me, it doesn't matter what's against me. That's what I want to talk to you tonight about, As well, the Lord will help me. I want to talk to you on a thought, on a message entitled, What Shall We Say to These Things? You may be seated in the house of God tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I feel your presence in this house tonight. Amen. You see, I I, I, believe, I, I believe that we're, 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 living, we're living in a time of great fear. I believe that. Now listen. I I don't fault people for being fearful. I know it's easy for us as Christians to 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 tell people not to be afraid, but I can kind of sympathize a little bit when I see what's happening in the world why somebody could say, "You know what? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what. I don't know what is going on." See, I believe that for some people that it looks like that the world ha- has experienced what I'd like to call a baptism of fire. As a matter of fact, Paul and Jesus would, would let us know about these days. Because in Matthew chapter 24, his disciples would come to him and would begin to ask Jesus, Jesus, what is... What is, the, what is the signs of the end of the age? What are the things that mark the beginning or the, or the time frame that we are living in the last days? And Jesus would speak to His disciples in Matthew chapter 24, begin at verse 4, and He would say, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in My name, how many knows that we're living in those days right now where where it seems like that there are many people that are coming in his name. He would say that many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. He would say you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But listen to what he says. He says for the child of God see that ye be not troubled. For these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And you shall hear of famines and pestilence and earthquakes and divers or different kinds of places. And verse 8 would tell us, and these are the beginning of sorrows. He said in verse 10, he said, many shall be offended. Aren't we living in a day of offense? At not only just out in the world, but how many knows that it's easy for us, even in the church, to get offended. Uh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching already because we. Okay, I, I, I'll get. I'll, I'll get to rambling. I don't. Want, but he said, and they shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Verse eleven. And many false prophets shall. Arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound. Because sin shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. But verses 13 and 14. I I love the comfort in this. Because verse 13 says. But he that shall endure until the end. The same shall be saved. And this gospel shall be of the kingdom shall be preached, and all the world for a witness unto all nations, then what? then the end shall come you see God did not leave us in the dark about what was happening in this world God did not leave us scratching our heads wondering what is going on because see here's the thing even though that we look at everything that is going on around the world when we look at the things that are going on in our life when we do not live by the the same mentality of those that do not have hope because God has called us to be a prophetic people oh let's stop right there and let's talk for a minute do you know that you and I everyone every blood bought child of God spirit filled Christian is called to be a prophetic person I know listen I understand that there are different gifts and different offices but if you read the actual scripture, the Bible actually tells us in the New Testament we are called to be a prophetic people. The prophet is not just somebody that stands behind the pulpit, but you are called to be a prophetic voice in these last days. Come on. You are called to be a prophetic voice in these last days. As a matter of fact, the things that are happening in the earth right now are not meant to take us unaware. As a matter of fact, God himself would say, I'm not going to do anything in the earth except I reveal it to my people, except I reveal it to my prophets. And I don't think that he's talking about somebody that's on TVN. I don't think that he's talking about somebody. that's on YouTube. I don't think that he's talking necessarily about somebody who's leading the megachurch but I believe that he's talking to men and women who have a hunger to know the heart of God. We understand the times and the seasons that we are living in and because he has revealed them to us by his word. You see, church, let me tell you something about the times that we're living in. And I understand that we are all facing difficult seasons in our lives. We are all facing, we are all facing things in our lives that, that at times we, we, we we don't understand why we are going through the things that we are going through. But here is what I'm wanting to let you know, church. We are not meant to give into hysteria. I see that as an evangelist that travels across this country I see more and more even in the church that we give into hysteria we put more stock in faith than what we see on Fox News and CNN and MSNBC than we do the word of God Uh, Okay, see we, we put more stock And what we see the economy doing, or what we think that the president should do, then we do the word of God. But here's what we've got to understand. We've got to understand tonight, my brothers and sisters, that we are the redeemed. We are the blood-bought child of God. And no matter what we have to go through, no matter what we have to face, no matter what we have to endure, no matter, what, no matter what the enemy is throwing against us, we are kept by the power of God and our future is secure in his hands. How do you know that, Brother Jeremy? I'm glad you asked that question because in John chapter 10 and verse 27, listen to what Jesus has to Say to his disciples, he would say, "My sheep, hear my voice. Oh, my sheep, hear my voice. If there was ever a day in an age where the sheep near, they need to, to hear the voice of the shepherd, it's right now. Oh, now I'm just teaching tonight." But if there was ever a time that the sheep needed to hear the voice of the shepherd, it's now. Because we've got a lot of voices that are talking to us. We've got a lot of people that are trying to tell us what we should do. But he says, my sheep hear my voice. And my brothers and sisters, when you hear the voice of the shepherd, you won't follow after another voice. Mm. Oh, because he said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish and listen to this, here's the verse of scripture that, that takes that, that causes so much controversy even among the Pentecostal churches, he said I will give them eternal life and no man is going to be able to pluck them out of my hand. What is? What are you saying preacher? What I am saying is, is that when you're secure in the hand of the master, when you're secure in the hand of the master and you are listening to his voice, you have the assurance that it does not matter what the enemy is trying to throw your away. It does not matter what the enemy is trying to do to the church. It does not matter because he says you've are secure in my hand, and no man is going to be able to pluck you out of my hand. You can, And listen, you can research that however that you want to research that, but the truth of the matter is this. If you are in the hand of God, you are listening to His voice, you belong to Him, and you are His sheep, you cannot be taken out no matter what the enemy is trying to do to you. Oh, You see, listen. We have been promised some things. Brother Scott, we've been promised some things. We've got to understand this. We have been promised support and whatever it is that we are facing, we have been promised support and whatever it is that we have to go through, and anything that we have to encounter. We have been promised support in the flood. We have been promised protection in the fire. We have been promised feeding in the famine. We have been promised to be shielded from the enemy. Why? Because we have been hid in his presence. Isaiah 43, I love it, says this, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. What he's talking about is the maker is talking to his creation. He says, I want you to know something, Jacob. I want you to know something, Israel. I've created you. I have formed you in the palm of my hand. So I've got something that you need to know. Fear not. Fear not. For I have what? Redeemed thee. And I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. And I love, verses 2 and 3, when he says, when thou passest through the waters, the waters will, I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, they shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Why? Why? Not because of who you are, and not because of who I am. We think we got protection because of what we've done. We think we've got protection because we're something special but no we didn't get protection and we didn't get his blessing because we were anything special what happened in verse 3 he said it will not kindle upon thee for I am the Lord thy God the Holy One of Israel thy Savior thy Savior he said I've redeemed you and I've called you and I've protected you and I've called you out and you're in my hand, so you may have to go through the fire, but when you go through the fire, it's not gonna you're not gonna be burned up you may have to go through the flood but you're not gonna drown in the water, you may have to go through some trials, but the trials are not gonna be able to overtake you my goodness, I love it right now because it gives me hope and it gives me the security and the assurance to know that even though sometimes it rains upon the just and the unjust alike, I know that I've got somebody that goes through me. I know that I've got somebody that said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He said I know, I know, and I know. Some of us gotta get our knowers fixed and know some things that even though that we have to go through it, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going through it. We're not stopping and we're not camping out into the stress but we're going through it, knowing that what we're going through cannot take us out. Oh. You see, because listen, we have been given. See, now here's, here's the thing. Are you ready? The reason why is we've been hid in His presence. And let me just say, I, I, I want to teach. Are you okay with this? I want to I teach this. You can be saved and on your way to heaven and not experience these verses that I've just quoted to you. We'll say that again. You can be saved and on your way to heaven and not experience what I just told you. You can be saved and go through the fire and it overtake you and you'll wake up in heaven. It wasn't God's will for you. Oh, y'all but for these people that have survived the darkness it is people that have been hid in his presence how do I know that Pastor Jeremy because David would write in Psalm 91 and he would say he that dwells in the secret place Of the most high. Shall abide. Under the shadow of the almighty. Because I say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. And my God. In him will I trust. So because of that. Because I dwell. In his presence. Because how many knows that not everybody. That is a child of God dwells in his presence. He said. But because of that. Surely he shall deliver you. From the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Thou shalt listen to this. When you're in His presence, you won't be afraid. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna, pre- I'm gonna preach that right there because I want to tell you: when you're in His presence, you don't have to. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Oh, there was a lot of times growing up, and there was a lot of times, Brother Johnny, as a kid growing up, there were things that I was afraid of. But when I got into the presence of my dad. When I got to where my daddy was at, I didn't care what was around me because I just believed that my daddy could handle any problem that was going to come my way. And so, if I was alone, if I wasn't in my dad's presence, I would be afraid. But once I once I got to where my dad was at, once I got to where my father was at, I didn't care what else was going on around me because I was going because I because. I, I knew that my dad was not gonna let anything happen to me. I believe that a lot of times what happens is we get out from under the covering. We get out from under the covering of the heavenly father's presence oh, come on, Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, we get out from under the covering of the heavenly father's presence but I want to tell you if you get back into the presence of God how do I get back into the presence of God I'm glad you asked me I'm glad that you asked me that question you get back into the presence of God when you start praising him more than you do complaining you get back into his presence when you start worshiping him more, more than you start talking about the issues that are going on in your life. Listen, I understand that we're going through things. I understand that we have issues that we're facing. But let me tell you, my God is bigger than any mountain. He's bigger than any sickness. He's bigger than any disease. He's bigger than any financial difficulty. He's bigger than anything that the enemy can throw against us. If we understand exactly what it is that, we have, that is on our side, we don't have to be afraid. How do I know that, Pastor? Because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong. Power and the righteous run into it and they are saved. Can I tell you, if you find out that you're outside of his presence, if you'll just run to him and say, God, I need your covering, I want to tell you there's not a devil in hell that can take you out. Oh, you see, there may be times of testing. We've been studying, we've been studying about that in the book of James. There may be times of testing. There may be. So let me talk about that for a minute. You okay with this? Like I said, we're just teaching tonight. Your trials. Listen, James, chapter one. This is not even in my notes, but I just want to take a few minutes just to talk about this. James talks about two different types of temptations. I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little Bible lesson here. The King James really doesn't translate this well because it uses temptations twice in the same chapter, but it actually means different things. He says it once when he says, count it all joy when you, the King James will say, when you fall into diverse temptations." But then how do you explain later on when he says, let no man say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither does he tempt any man. Well, really, what James is talking about there is two different things. The first thing that he's talking—the temptations where God does not tempt people—is the temptation to sin. You sin. Can I even tell you this? You don't even sin because the devil makes you sin. Okay, this okay, Pastor? If you sin, it's because you chose to sin. The devil, George George Burns made it famous to say, "The devil made me do it." The devil didn't make you do anything, because the Bible says that. Let no man say when he's tempted, "I'm tempted of God." Neither can he. Neither can God be tempted with evil. Neither does He tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You sin because. You desire the lustfulness of your flesh more than you do the spirituality of the spirit. Now let me move, let me just let me just move on there. Let me just preach. Let me just teach a little bit more. But when he says, "Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations," King James says that just means various types of trials. The thing is, is that we go through times of testing. We go through times of trials. Let me say this. Testing does not produce faith. Testing always reveals it. I want to say that again. Testing does not produce faith in you. Testing will always reveal what's in you. How do, I, how do you know that, pastor? Well, here's the thing. Look at how God handled the children of Israel in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, he says, I brought them into the wilderness so I can prove them. As a matter of fact, and listen to this, you, it, you can, can't explain it, you can't explain it away because this is the words of God himself when he says I even caused them to go hungry. Why? Because I set out to prove them. What I say is, is that our testing does not produce faith. It'll reveal who you really are. You want to know who? Okay, here we go. You want to know who somebody really is? It's not, when, it's not whenever everything is going right. It is not whenever that we've got plenty of money in the bank. It is, not, it is not when we always have the clean bill of health. It is not whenever that all the, all the family members are doing fine and, 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 and we're making money hand over fist and, and, and everything's going well and we don't have any problems. But you will know who somebody is when the squeeze is put on. Mm. what is really inside of them will come to surface when you put the pressure on them. Mm. Whenever things don't go their way, whenever it's bad, whenever that we get the negative report, whenever that we get things that happen in our lives that that do not go our way, then it reveals who we really are. But here is the thing. We may go through times of testing and trials, but for those that are faithful, He has promised that He will reward us for every pain that we have faced. And for every tear that we have cried. Because Romans chapter 8. Verses uh, verses 17 and 18. Listen to what Paul the apostle would write. And he would say. If you are children. Then you are heirs. And heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If so be we suffer with Him. I know we don't like that word, but it's there in the Bible. What are you going to do with it? It but so be we suffer with Him that we also may be glorified together. Because listen to this, he says, for I reckon that, that I believe that Paul was from Kentucky when he wrote this. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can I tell the church something right now? We don't hear a lot of messages preached on heaven anymore. We like to talk about how we're going to get everything that we want right now. I hate to burst your bubble. We will enjoy blessings on this side of heaven, but we won't enjoy the fullness of everything until we get over there. But I I want to tell you, there is a payday coming. Oh yes, there is a payday coming. We may have to go through some trials, and we may have to go through some difficulties. But we need to remember the words of that old song: "This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckoned me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. There's coming a day, and I believe that it's not. Deep, that it's not." too far away that a trumpet's getting ready to sound. Oh, are you one of those rapture believers that preachers on? Yes, I am. I am a rapture believer. I believe that the trumpet of God is going to sound, and the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, because if I don't go my way the grave I'm going my way. Because there's a voice that says, come up here, be he blessing of the Lord, and it says to comfort one another with these herbs. There's coming a day, Brother Johnny, that I'm getting ready to get out of here, and I'm going to leave it all behind. I'm going to leave all the sin. I'm going to leave all the sickness. I'm going to leave all the debt behind. Because there's none of that's going to follow me over to that city. There is a payday that is coming, and God's going to reward me. Oh." Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to hurry. I just got just a few minutes left. I want to remind you, listen, as a child of God, nothing can separate you from his love. Verse 35 in Romans chapter 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Nope. Distress? Nope. Persecution? Nope. Famine? nakedness, peril, or sword. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I always tried to figure out what that meant, to be more than a conqueror. And here's kind of how I figured it out. You can you got a better example. You can use that. You can take that. But brother Johnny, you know me. Growing up, I love wrestling. Amen. I love it. Still do kind of, but I'll, I love the excitement of it all. Amen. Somebody says, "Oh, you, you, you know, that's all fake. Well, that's fine. I, you know, you go watch Avengers and." Most of that stuff's fake. Or all that's fake. So let me enjoy let me enjoy my soap on. <laughs> because there's nothing in my in my mind. i say I've been to football games, I've been to basketball games, I've been to baseball games, I've been to sporting events, I've been to all those different types of things. I've never seen anything that can elicit an emotion. A bunch of guys in tights, yes. <laughs> um, make believing that they're killing each other. I mean, I've, I've I've seen I've seen audience members throw things at them. I've I've seen them spit on them. I've did all all. I mean, I'm telling you, all sorts of things. Growing up as a kid, I don't know. Why I liked it, but I I love I love tag you stuff. That's what I love. You know, I'm not careful. I'll just start raving off names. And y'all really think I've lost my mind? But I loved it because you'd get have that one person that is in trouble and that one guy standing in the corner just waiting, just waiting on the waiting on the tag. Get that tag and that that place, 20,000 people just go crazy. But when I read this, that he's more than a conqueror. Pastor Tony, I picture myself in a tag team match. And I'm standing on the apron of that ring on the outside, looking at my Heavenly Father do all the work. All my job is to do is just stand there and trust that my partner. Will take care of the opponent. And he does, Sister Still. I mean, whoops up on that devil. But instead of him getting the pen, I haven't done anything. But he comes over there to where I'm at and says, You can go. He conquered it, but I'm more than a conqueror. He said, "Because there's nothing that's going to be able to separate you from me." He and Paul said it like this. He said, "For I am persuaded." That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present that you're going through right now, and nothing that you'll face in the future. No height, nor depth, nor any creature. Is going to be able to separate you. From the love of God. God is calling. The people who have been in the secret place. He is calling us to this fear stricken world. To show them that with Jesus you can make it. I know that simplistic teaching and preaching tonight. And so if that's the case, what shall we say to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? So if we know that if God be for me, who can be against me, let's talk like it. If we know that God is for us and nothing can be against us, let's act like it. Mm. A.W. Tozer once said that a scared world needs a fearless church. Harvest time. I believe God is calling us to be that fearless church in this community. Listen, I don't know. I know we're live streaming and things of that nature, but the enemy does not like revival coming to this area. But what shall we say to these? You're in sickness? What shall you say to these things? Your family acting crazy? What shall you say to these things? Seems like everything's falling apart. You're, stre- you're stressed to the max. You go to the doctor and you get your blood pressure taken and you break the machine because your blood pressure is so high. And you stress it out. What shall you say to these things when the enemy tries to tell you that you'll never you'll never make it you'll never get through what shall you say to these things Brother Craig Dove who for years sang with the Dixie Melody boys and later formed his own group, the Dove Brothers Quartet. He's now pastoring an Assembly of God church in North Carolina. Sang a song, I believe he wrote it. And the name of the song was You Would Think He Would Learn. And he would say in the course of the song, you would think as many times that the enemy has tried to come against me, or has tried to come against the people of God, and he's tried to take them out, that he can't, you would think that he would learn. And then he says, "Well, there's coming a day he's going to learn." Mm. What shall we say to these things? I want you to think about what you're facing right now. I want you to think about what you are going through right now. Because I want to tell you something. Can I just be honest with you? Give me about a minute and a half I'm going to try to wrap this up. It's easy. It's easy to speak faith here. It is. Many reasons why that is because if you were like me, um, I'm just being honest with you, not trying to be funny or anything like that. It may sound kind of comical, but sometimes I will I just know what to say to keep everybody else off my back. Does that make sense to you? Because if I legitimately look at that, I've been in churches and if I legitimately looked at somebody and said, you know, I'm afraid that my goodness, they Beat me up one side and down the other. So there have been times I've just said, Whoa, yeah, God's going to see me through just so that you'll just leave me alone. Come on, you know, I'm, pre- I'm preaching to some of y'all right now. And it's easy in church to do all of that. It's easy during revival, it's easy during camp meeting, it's easy during when the service is at a fever pitch and just throw our hands up in the air. Pastor Tony, and say, Bless God, I believe, I trust you. God, there's not a devil in hell that's gonna take me out. I'll, I'll fight hell with a water gun. That's just how determined we are. Till we get in the car. Till we wake up on Monday morning. Till we get to work. That co-worker starts bugging us. Till I get to Wendy's. And the crazy lady behind the cashier needs somebody to lay hands on her and not and not for prayer. I'm just being honest with you. When you're at home and those thoughts come into your mind, can I tell you that's the measure? That's the measure of my and yours' faith. That's the measure of my and yours' faith. And Paul says, We've been called. He's predestined us. He's justified us and He's going to glorify us. So with all that being said, when things are not going your way, what do you say to these things? This week, or this coming up week, what are you going to say to those things? My determination is this. If God before me, who can be against me? Stand with me all over this house today. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry.